This podcast is brought to you by Clubforce. Clubforce is the Irish leader in club automation, simplifying payment collection, communications and fundraising for members, clubs and leagues. Clubforce has been championing club volunteers and making sport happen since 2009. Joined by Danny Hughes and Joe Sheridan to look ahead to one All-Ireland semi-final um, this weekend between Dublin and Mayo, but it's a big blow to the championship, obviously, not having the two semi-finals on the one weekend. Um, Tyrone Kerry has been um, moved back due to a COVID outbreak. Um, and Danny, it's a huge blow, I suppose, to Tyrone's preparations. It is, and um, I suppose when you're talking about getting to the intensity of the game and maybe somebody being affected uh, negatively, obviously, by COVID. There is those those individuals who will be okay. Everybody's very different when it comes to this uh, particular disease. So um, it, it, it is disappointing from Tyrone's perspective because it, it's still difficult to sort of know where they are, if that makes sense. I know they come through also the championship and uh, obviously it's strange to be saying that, but you have to. There's a number of mitigants to 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 saying that, and that's uh, Donegal were reduced to 14 men. Obviously, with Michael Murphy, um, being sent off. Also, also Michael Murphy's fitness. There was question mark over that. Um, and then when you go to the Monaghan game, although they played very very well for most of the match, Monaghan were there thereabouts at the end, and Throne really should have been should have been out of sight by that stage. And uh, but you know a very plucky performance from Monaghan brought them back into the game and it really could have went either way in the end so there's still a lot of uh, I suppose there's still a lot of questions around Throne um, but absolutely deserve the, the Ulster Championship no doubt about it but when it comes to Kerry geez, there's it's a different question altogether can they can they stop that Kerry forward line I'm not, I'm not sure if anybody can at the minute in, in, and including the dubs in that yes the dubs are uh, are all iron favourites, no doubt. But uh, you know, certainly this year they've they've been up and down, and uh, you know, very um, it's very unlike them. Let's put it that way. So you would have to say that uh, it's it's a it's a semi final we were all looking forward to, to see where Kerry as good as what they've shown in the Munster Championship, um, and and obviously uh, we've won semi final. But I I be honest with you, I'm not too dis- disappointed they're on a separate weekends because at least it gives you something to look forward to, you know. And Joe, is it fair to say maybe that a couple of the weaker counties, like you take into consideration Sligo had to concede their game to go away last year, weren't given the option of moving it. Fermanagh had to go down to Clare with an understrength team in the league. Like when them smaller counties look at it and see that Tyrone were able to move their game, it would have to piss them off. Oh, without a doubt. And look, it's, it's sort of the big, big, big teams against the little teams. And then it's sort of, when it comes down to the nooks and crannies of it, it's literally, it's an all-island semi-final. There's revenue, there's Teddy rights, there's everything that's involved. And, and that's probably what's running and, and ruling the decision on it, to be honest. Um, look, everyone's seen all-island semi-final. I'm, I'm not taking away from that. But yeah, look, the, the smaller 
um, supposedly smaller counties that don't have as much profile and um, in the game over the last sort of 12 months um, we're sort of probably just push to one side move on next round and, and, and that's unfortunately the way it went and it's not it's not it's not um, something you'd like to see but it's um, unfortunate in the way things are going that's um, that's what happened but look you, you've just got to move on from it from here at the end of the day the GA will make the decision based on a couple of factors obviously the the health of the players is one. The, the the fixture structure as well is another thing. And then obviously revenue, and, and that's the big thing. They're not going to just cancel an all the semi-final and give Kerry a walk into an all the final. So it's um, there's, there's a, obviously a lot more to it than just saying, right, we'll just cancel it because it's, um, we obviously know that's not the case. So it's, um, it, look, it, I don't think it's, it's completely over yet. Toronto are looking for an extension as well. Obviously, with players have to isolate. I think there's 21 players at this stage. Um, there could be more by the time this all finishes up. So you're looking at 14 days, having to self-isolate, then come back in, get back training, get some sort of a system and, and sort of structure back in place. Um, and obviously, that's where the Toronto management are looking at and possibly saying, we're not going to be able... Like, it's, it's as Danny was saying, <laughs> Kerry's going to be a different kettle of fish tomorrow morning and... They've got to be completely up for it. They've got to be well, sort of, they've got to be very, obviously, when it comes to fit and healthy, and, and obviously with, with COVID cases, um, I'd say most lads will recover, hopefully, touch wood. Um, but you, you just don't need that coming into an all-in semi-final against Kerry. And uh, it, it's, going, it's going to be a difficult decision what's going to happen over the next couple of days because I'd say it's just not uh, exactly what's going to be happening um, over the next couple of weeks and it could be changed and pushed out again who knows but it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it finishes out and Danny what would you do if you're Fergie Logan and Brian Deere because it's just nightmare stuff Um, what would I do well <laughs> what 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 I would say I would do and what I would do might be a bit different Um, obviously I suppose they're going to be guided by county secretaries. Obviously, there's COVID-related officers that are, you know, the doctors and, and the health professionals that are involved with Tyrone and advise Tyrone. They will be, I suppose, communicating to the management about how best to mitigate this infection, how to obviously prevent the spread of it within the squad. Um, and then those guys that are affected by it or suffering from it, how to probably get them back um, get them back as safely as possible. You know, to be honest with you, I was thinking about this even today. I was driving, I was thinking about, like, if, if Trump were in such bad shape, do you ask one of them to step in then and fulfil a, a semi-final? Or how would that, you know, there are question marks over Trump's availability to fulfil a fixture. Well, you know, if I was looking at the whole thing and, you know, rather than no fixture and, and giving uh, carry, or carry a bye right through, would you ask them to play Monaghan? And then again, you know, if there's any COVID-related players there, does that make a farce of the whole thing? So there's, there's, um, there's I suppose it's a very, very difficult, it's a, it's a very difficult position and none of us know because none of us have been in this position before. But if, um, for, for Logan and uh, Duhar, you would be thinking to yourself, right, 
Um, from my understanding, anyway, Fergal Logan and a couple of players had been isolating prior to this for the final, and a couple of players had missed the final. Um, so it's, it's just one thing after another, and uh, it seems to have, have spread through the squad at this stage quite rapidly. Um, listen, all you can do is reassemble in the 10 days uh, and see who they have available, and on that basis, go and play your semi final. And, you know, they've had a lot of preparation to date. They've, they've underwent a significant amount of training and stuff like that. So would, would, they, be, would they be hugely affected as, a, as an individual team? It really depends on the faction and everybody, how they reacted to it. But, you know, if they got a session or two sessions prior to the game, I think that's the best you can hope for at this stage. Um, but as I say, it's... it's it's probably something, and other teams will be watching out for it. Kerry, Dublin, and Mayo will all be worried about it getting into their squad. There's no doubt about that. So, Throne have been very unlucky at this stage, and uh, it's it's uh, they'll have to be led by the health professionals. Um, see who's available. Make sure they mitigate against those that are that are going to be suffering from it. And invariably, there will be one or two that won't be able to make the game because it just won't be fit for it. And Joe, the final, I think, as far as I know, is now fixed for the fourth. Do you think it's a huge issue if they do push that back to the 11th of September? Um, oh, look, it's 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 a tough one, as Danny says. No, we've none have been, no one's been in this situation before. So, what's the right and wrong answer? I'm not too sure. It's um, it's a tough one because then. With Dublin playing this weekend, you're looking at a four, whoever comes out of that game with Dublin Mayo, it's like a four or five week break then in between. So they're at a disadvantage today. Who's going to get a challenge against them? It's just, it's, um, I don't think they can, the GA will push it out. If, if I'm being honest, I think they'll just keep it to that. And if it can't be fulfilled, then I'd say they'll have to look at something else. But it's, um, it's just a strange situation. And, um, as Danny was saying, I was chatting to me far as then he would say, Mitch, maybe Mon will just jump in and play them. And then you'll have probably legal situations regarding Tyrone and 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 that's where you open everything up as well, you know. So it's just a tough situation to be in. The GA, I'm sure, will be consulting all this sort of uh hierarchy and, and seeing what's the best way to go with this. And um hopefully look, hopefully everything works out, the game will go ahead. Um, all the players will be okay and, and we can move on into an All-Ireland final on the 4th of um, September. Moving on to the um, one semi-final we have this weekend between Dublin and Mayo on Saturday and Danny, it's fair to say there's a lot of excitement about this game with the Dublin-Mayo games we've really had in this last decade overall. Is that because people think maybe that uh, Mayo are going to beat Dublin this time? I think there is people thinking it. Are you thinking it? <laughs> uh, am I thinking it? I, th- I think Mayo can can beat Dublin, absolutely. Um, I think Dublin, I've obviously, you know, they're not the team that they were under Jim Gavin for, for obvious reasons, because it's Jim Gavin. They, are, they obviously aren't the same because they've lost a lot of players from his era, uh, from his last year. Keanu O'Sullivan, uh, Michael Darren McCauley, the boys at, at Manion, the stuff that haven't have decided to to not row in. Um, Bernard Brogan, obviously, boys like that have gone and not that easy replaced. Of course, as well as that, you've probably been the biggest influence 
on the squad, on the wider squad, has been Stephen Cluxon, and that hasn't gone away. Um, his leadership on and off the field is obviously something that drives this Dublin demon, has been driving him for many years, and he's always been our constant. Um, and that goes within the change room. A person like that drives standards, and as a player, when you do initially come in to any squad, it's a guy like that, and it's probably not what he says, it's what he doesn't say, and everybody's sort of afraid of of, of the wrath of somebody of his experience, some of his status. And Joe will probably, Joe went into squads with guys that had won all Iron medals. Um, and somebody as iconic as Stephen Cluxon will, will cast uh, cast a, a quite a big shadow, you know. So there's obviously something went on there that we don't know about, we're, we're not party to. Stephen Cluxon, as I go back to it, was always going to walk away in such a manner. He was always just going to leave the stage. He wasn't going to, he wasn't going to do a big speech or do an announcement through GPA or anything like that. He was just going to walk away. Um, so not to say that uh, Comerford, I think it is, he, he's come in and he's done well. The keeper, the Dublin keeper has come in and done well. But it's just that leadership off, off the field and driving those standards. And um, they've also, Dublin's, uh, you know, I suppose the fixation on Dublin is can they be broken? Can the six in a row be broken? And I do think that that Mayo look a wee bit stronger than do last year. Obviously, if boys like Ocean Mullen have come into the squad, benefited from the COVID-related quick nature of last year's championship, got a lot of experience, got a lot of plaudits on the back of it as well. And guys like that have, have come in. Obviously, Killian O'Connor is not the dependency on Killian as much there this year. You've had boys that have stepped up. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, Mayo... Are, quite a well-balanced, well-rounded team, mixture of youth and experience. And when you when you add that together with Dublin's loss of form, Fenton isn't playing as well as he was, Conal Callan's not playing as well as he was, Jim McCarthy not not as influential as he was, um, and your boys that are coming back from injury, like like Owen Murchin and uh, Brian Howard has come in and, and doing a job at centre-half back, but you would think that he's more comfortable around centre-field or, or in the forward line. So, you know, Everything's pointing to everything's pointing to a game that's going to be quite close, um, and you know, Dara said Mayo could uh, could do do a job there, um, and yeah, who knows? But I I think it'll be very very tight. But you know, you still have to fancy Dublin because they're six time All Ireland champions, you know, and you have to believe that they are they do have that ability to find form when they really have to, uh, given the, what they've went through this last six seasons. So, um, yeah, you would still think that Dublin have pulled all the cards, but it'll be tight. And Joe, for you, Dublin have obviously lost a lot of players. I think it's something like when all the players that have went in the last few years, they've lost something like 80 All-Ireland medals. Now I think it is. But have Dublin got worse or are the pack getting closer? Um, I think it's a bit of both. Um, Kerry, to be honest, should have won All-Ireland um, two years ago. Uh, Mayo probably should have won one um, in between that, them six years. So the pack have always been there. It's about taking the chances and being able to do that. And we'll see that over the next couple of weeks if, they, if they're able to do that. Um, Dublin probably haven't got the depth of squad members that will come on and have that impact. Um, the players that they used to be able to bring on were usually maybe you know, 
you know, player of the years. You had four or five time all stars. You had set six, you know, made what four or five all Ireland winners. And you know, that's what they used to have coming on the pitch. They don't have that impact anymore coming off the bench. I'm not saying the players coming off the bench aren't as good, but it's just the type of player that's coming off isn't isn't that type of player that is really driving things on, which usually with Dublin they'd bring maybe, you know, the likes of you know, Michael Lara McCauley used to be sprung off the bench, Bernard Brogan, um, you know, um there, there was there was plenty of lads that come in off the bench. Merchant was coming in. I know he's only come back from injury, but he's probably one of the only lads that will have that impact compared to the players that they used to bring onto the pitch. And um, look, they are slowly probably getting closer to the likes of Kerry Mayo and Tyrone. Um, but they're still, as Danny says, they're still all Ireland champions. You know, people are sort of writing them off as if it's. <laughs> It's just going to be handed to Kerry, and you know it's it's. I think that's probably the worst thing you can possibly do to this Dublin team. They're extremely confident in themselves. They're extremely mentally strong. Um, you know they very very rarely underperform on the big day, and I think them boys are just loving this. You know that they're, they're literally being written off as if not having a chance. And look, obviously the pundits are are watching it and they're looking at sort of their performance and usually. They're very sort of structured. They do very little wrong. You know, their, their scoring rate is, you know, pretty impressive. And it's it's just what people are probably seeing, and as Danny alluded to there, that the top players aren't probably hitting the heights that they have been. And maybe that's something to do with stuff that's going on in the squad. It just doesn't look as happy as a camp as it would have been over the last couple of years. And do you, do you Joe, do you think that that's coming from... Is it a management player divide or is it a county board player uh, divide? Because, you know, you, you, I suppose you do pick up on things that uh, that are, are said along the line. And while we don't know, none of us do, you know, you, you hear different versions that, you know, obviously maybe Daisy Farr wasn't getting the support that he needed or, um, or, or maybe it was just uh, that... Uh, players felt that uh, the management weren't maybe listening. Yeah, I, I think there is something there. There's, there's just even I, I, I look back at Dean Roxon in the on, on the bench there a couple of weeks. Was it I think the Calair match yeah. was fifty six minutes, and he just looked pretty pissed off. Now to be fair, uh, mm. and I know he's come back from injury, maybe just trying to restrict minutes and um, back up to game sort of match pace and he probably hasn't got up to his levels that he needs to be at but at the end of the day he's still the, the main sort of marksman up front sort of with the freeze obviously um, so it's just strange that, that they're taking him off sort of 20 minutes to go and whereas you'd you'd imagine in a game like that if they're trying to get him back to match fitness they keep him on to get him back to match fitness so it's it's a few small things like that um, you know, even with the like didn't maybe see during Jim Gavin's reign that you know, yeah, was, yeah. and it, even Fenton now, it's, it's, it's just his sort of body language on the pitch, his demeanor, it's just not his usual way of playing. And maybe look, I'm reading it completely wrong, but that's the way I'm seeing it. Whereas, and it, I think a massive thing, massive part of it has to be looks and like Cooks, Stephen Cooks could have just walked away and retired. And no issue. But from what I've read into it, Stephen Cluxon had committed to the year 
and all of a sudden then he's gone. He doesn't come back. So it's it's just I don't think that's done them any favors. I don't think there's there's just something missing or lacking that's just they're still winning games well. Like they they beat Calais, what by fifteen points, whatever it was, or twelve points, and it's still they're still winning games and and winning them quite easily. So it's it's just that they're not at their usual hundred mile now very sort of very structured even some of their shots you know their turnovers that then they're just you just wouldn't be used to stop Kieran Kenny got turned over a couple of times against Galair you know Brian Howard shot selection and and that probably across the squad this shot selection since Jim has been has left um, you know it's it's been questionable and it's nearly like they're just throwing a leg at some of them whereas when Jim was there it was literally loop 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 bang and, and the score would be got from inside that sort of uh, scoring zone and it just it looks like there's the lads are just going off and saying I'm just going to go off and do whatever I want and, and maybe that's coming from management you know and, and the boys don't respect it but it's 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 a hard one to know as you say Danny like we, we like there could be anything going on and, and we're just second guessing here so it's uh, it's tough one to guess yeah and, and, and it wasn't a great all Ireland final I suppose Paul last year you know it wasn't you know Dublin mm didn't need to be at their best and they weren't at their best but they didn't need to be to win the game um, and I think COVID more than anything has affected probably Dublin as much as any other team yes it's prevented other teams from from collectively getting together and stuff but you would have to say that given the short nature of it because maybe the Dublin players aren't operating in a normal kind of uh, a normal environment as in they meeting up quite regularly, having access to everybody, having access to the same place, etc. That familiarity with how one plays and how a team plays is possibly a reason why Dublin aren't as slick as as possibly they have been. You know, pre-COVID, pre-COVID, you know, everybody could have Dublin, particularly there would have been no restrictions. They could met up, you know, locally, and they could have. They could have all, you know, obviously intermingled, and that bond was very much part of who Dublin were. That ability to have such a good team dynamic, um, and that probably has affected, has been affected since the restrictions have come in and COVID has come in. And that, obviously, as I said, as 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 Joe rightly said, being able to come off the loop and all that kind of stuff. That's all trained. That's all slick, slickly moved through, walked through planned ahead in advance and the fact that Dublin have been affected like everybody else by COVID that has meant possibly that that they haven't been as familiar with each other particularly even new players coming in trying to recreate the same style uh, as guys that have since left the stage you know so you know I suppose we're looking for reasons why this form is dipped I think it's it's a number of things rather than one particular thing and Danny I suppose a lot of people are referencing the Dublin or time in their own. Do you believe that or do you think you can't just turn on form? I don't think you can turn on form. Um, I don't believe that it's just a matter of just flicking the switch. Uh, and I think sport has shown that, you know, that's very much the case when you look at building towards an All-Ireland final. You know, all you can do is go back to the past in Dublin Dublin have really operated on a very, very high level on a consistent basis week in, week out, or every couple of weeks. And they really benefited from, obviously, 
from a, a weaker Leinster Championship, but they always always were building towards a quarter final, Super 8's quarter final, and they never let the foot off the gas. So Dublin have never built uh, toward anything other than the next game and an Elliott and teams. But we've seen the margins of uh, margins, the winning margins, probably start to slip back this last two seasons. Um, obviously, players leaving, change in management, and it's inevitable that players will not be as hungry, you know, in the sixth or seventh campaign than they were in the first campaign. And throw in a winning, winning that six years in a row, it's inevitable and a consequence of all that success that at some point there will be a blip. Um, and it looks like they're on that blip at the minute. They're still not out of the championship, but surely if they are going to be taken off their pedestal, this is the best time that Mayo and Kerry could ever want to 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 make a statement and, and to win an All-Ireland. For Mayo, um, Joe, as well, the first half performance in Galway obviously won't be good enough here, but that second half performance, they really got that running game going and you'd expect this weekend both Owen and Kevin McLaughlin are going to start. Yeah, and, and with Mayo, I think I've been very impressed with him. Like, Galway have been their toughest assignment all year. Uh, got to sort of put into sort of perspective the games they've won and, and the teams they have played and it's no disrespect to the teams but it's just Mayo at a different level when it comes to the Connacht Championship and um, Galway as we spoke about and Danny's favourite team this year that they just have sort of flat <laughs> and they just haven't probably got the best out of all their players and the quality players that they do have um, they're probably a year or two behind um, you know I'm, I'm sure they will sit back and, and look and, and find some sort of structure to the defensive setup next year, and, and that'll probably improve them. And another year with Damien Coma back, but Mayo always looked like winning the game. Um, Galway put a good fight up, probably just didn't see it out. And Mayo probably had enough in a squad to bring in. And that's the thing with Mayo, they've such a strong squad. Um, any seven or eight players come in and have an impact, and that's that's something that Mayo are very strong on this year. Um, you know, Oshie Mullen is becoming my favourite here in, in the championship and he's just no holds barred, doesn't fear, you know, he plays full-back, centre-back, whatever he does, he just drives that team on and for a young lad to be able to do that, it's, you know, it just shows the confidence he has in his own ability and it's um, it's something that is, is benefiting Mayo big time and it's um, it's only going to help him going into the game on, on at the weekend. So, it's, uh, I give Mayo a right chance, to be fair. Um I've really, really enjoyed watching them playing football, the, the style of football they're playing. Um, you know, they have been ruthless in games against the teams that they were expected to beat. They're, they're just non-stop. Um, what I do want to see, hopefully, is if Aidan O'Shea can go back into a forward. He's in and out, he's in and out. And at the end of the day, if Mayo are going to win Northern, I think he has been in full forward. Um Yes, he has an impact out the field, but his impact is is greater when he's in full forward. And if you like the, the likes of Conlon coming off and playing off and these boys, then he he's just such a strong target, and he draws two or three players to him. So it, that gives the space for the, the the inside forward line, the half forward line coming off him, and his vision and, and his awareness around him to use that ball is incredible. So. I think, I think that's a key thing for Mayo. And the problem I have is that I don't think it's going to happen because 
he sees himself nearly as an outfield player around the middle, likes to sort of run the show. And I think James Horn is convinced of that as well. So, but I think James Horn knows deep down that his best position is for forward because he keeps going back to it when needs to be and then changes up. So, um, I think they just need to stick with it consistently for the next, hopefully for them, for hopefully for their two games this weekend and then a final if, if they get to there. But I think that's their best chance of, of beating Dublin and then going on to win All Ireland because he's, he's just when, when he's on form, he's unmarkable. He's what six foot four or five and he's a beast. So if if the players around him and see that and he drive things, he can drive things on. It's I think that's a, it's a big thing for Mayo and it's. I think the matchups will be will be pretty pretty important, and then who takes who, and um, and then obviously the big day performers, and as it's both Rick Connick Allen started the, the championship quite well, but he sort of just mellowed back into himself a wee bit, and, and his usual top class performances have probably just gone. It's not saying he hasn't played well; he's probably an eight and a half out of ten rather than a sort of a nine and a half, ten out of ten that he's, he's used to, uh, and most lads would be happy with that. But for for what you're expecting of the likes of Fenton and Conor Callan over the last, and even Dean Rock, you know, I know he's only coming back in, but they're the lads who are usually hitting the high performance um, to drive things on for Dublin, and it's just probably hasn't kicked on for them in the last game or two, anyway. And Danny Joe mentioned um, Aidan O'Shea at full forward, but if they are going to play him at full forward, that transition has to be really quick because we know Dublin when they see that tread inside they'll full numbers back and they'll have someone sitting in front of Aidan O'Shea. Yeah, and listen, we, we have talked about uh, Dublin's possible vulnerability under a high ball year on year, that there might be something there. And I think, to be fair, we've have, we have tried to touch at straws from a neutral perspective to see whether there's any weak links in this Dublin full, full back line or back line. And as yet, Dublin have, haven't struggled with any high long ball into the into the full back line or you know or into the full forward line of the opposition and if you remember Calvin tried it a couple of couple of or was it last season and they found out that it's just not as simple as just launching it in there it needs to be right on top in the square if you're going to get anything and even then Dublin and Cluxon were quite comfortable with it. He had no shade full forward or yeah for Mayo it's a real difficult one because I think there was a stat that we were shooting around a couple of seasons ago that Aidan O'Shea has never scored in an All-Iron final. And I'm not sure if that's still applicable, but, you know, something along them lines that he had never scored in an All-Iron final. And for an individual who's been in the final so many times, you could say not to have scored there. Um, I think it was a very interesting stat that maybe people used to, to beat that, to beat him with. Now, my opinion of Aidan O'Shea is that Aidan O'Shea is 31 years of age and quite iconic when it comes to Mayo and has carried them through a number of campaigns and a number of games and championships that otherwise Mayo wouldn't have got through. I think Mayo, uh, I think Aidan O'Shea has been a target um, and probably unfairly used as, as I suppose, a scapegoat for for almost almost winning all Ireland's and. Uh, while maybe he hasn't been as influential, he's still been influential. Um, yes, he hasn't had those Brian Fenton type moments, uh, dominating for a half and, and, and winning All Ireland on the back of it. But, you know, had Mayo won 
uh, and all Ireland that they've been so close to it, we might have been having a different conversation around Aidan O'Shea and how influential he, he had been in that match. So I, I do see him as out the field. I think um, I, st- I think he still has that emo- mobility and the fitness levels to play around the middle. That's where he wants to play. He loves to absorb contact and move the ball on. Um, but I think there is a case now at 31 years of age of putting him in there for five or ten minutes and seeing and seeing how Dublin react. I definitely think that there's something in it. I know that Kieran Donaghy uh, of Carry the Star, he got brilliant, um, uh, he got brilliant uh, uh, moments from long direct ball in uh, both against Mayo and against Dublin. Uh, Joe would have been a target man for me against Dublin in, in his time and and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that if it's used right. But it's it's teams that haven't used that long ball right. They've been kicking from too far out. Um, maybe uh, kicking it too, far, far too much. And, uh, you know, those diagonal balls need to be really on the money in front of the goal. And why not test the Dublin goalkeeper on the full back line? Um, but to date, something that du- Dublin have always managed. Um but Mayo, I'd be interested to see how Mayo perform against Dublin without Killian O'Connor. Killian O'Connor is a huge blow to Mayo. You know, all-time uh, all-time greatest scorer. You know, if there's one player that has really stood up in games, I would say, is Killian O'Connor. He's really got crucial scores at crucial times and, and taken the game to Dublin on his own for, for many, many years. So it'll be interesting to see how Dublin you know, get at uh, Dublin's uh, back line uh, without without him. Um, and invariably, I, I would think it's his presence, you know, is going to tell a tale more than a performance from Aidan O'Shea, for me. Yeah, I think there was some crazy stat, was it? Some It was the first three Mayo players scored in Crow Park since 10 was there a couple of weeks ago in the Connacht Finals, I think it was. It was, it's like, Great. I was like 11 years since someone had scored a free other than Kenny O'Connor. Yeah, you see that? And that, and that for me is, I suppose, is something that Mayo talk about being being there or thereabouts. And we talk about even players that Mayo have lost and Colin Boyle and Keith Higgins. Uh, and, you know, you're replacing them with the likes of Ocean Mullen, who is, as Joe said, a, a real favourite among the neutral because of the way he plays. It's almost as if Mayo are nearly churning out these Keith Huggins, Colin Boyle type players, and Mullen is another uh, uh, player akin to those guys. Um, but it's the Fords, it's the Fords where I have the concern around Mayo and around that absence, that big time player, that big game player in Kilo and Color, um, because guys like that just you cannot replace them. And Joe, like. As Danny mentioned there about the target man and from being a target man, how frustrating is it when that ball isn't coming in? Oh, it's completely frustrating because next thing, one ball comes in in 15 minutes and you expect it to stick it in the back of the net or get a score off it. So it's it's you're on a hide to nothing to a point. But the problem a lot of teams have had against them, they isolate from full forward. So... What usually would have happened is the, the marker will be on whoever is the full forward. You've Keane O'Sullivan would usually sweep back in as soon as the ball is in. And then as soon as the ball is kicked, the other cornerback will leave his man into that zone. Ball is broken down. Cluxton is used as well. So you've nearly four on one in that situation. So one breaks it. 
you've got two lads down in front and usually Dublin will go out. And unless like, yeah, fair enough, you might catch maybe one out of three, one out of four, which is like, what, 25% return, which isn't great. And and next thing, you you you've three lads on top of you anyway, you know, so what they, if you're going to use that direct ball and, and sort of that long ball in against Dublin, you've got to have two two lads in there at, at least and then possibly that other one floating around in front for the break ball coming down because then it'll keep the Dublin defenders honest and then you have an opportunity to create space. You've got to flick on, you've got to grab a ball then there's a lad off the shoulder, you know, so it creates more opportunity rather than just put it in there, see what happens. If you catch it, if Aidan O'Shea catches it, sure, look, he'll try and wrestle three lads and generally... The, the forwards in that position, the referees will, will, will go against them. They'll do them for overcarrying, something like that. So it's, you've got, you've got to play it properly if you're going to do it, you know, and Kerry. I think that's an excellent point, Joe. I think that uh, Kerry have got their best, uh, they've got really good momentum in games against Dublin when they have had that target man. But as Joe says, there's no point in isolating one man in there. There has to be a James O'Donoghue in the past, a Colin Cooper in the past. And also you've got the likes of uh, even Ganey that's been hanging in round Donaghy, you know, waiting for that for that breaking ball that's coming off uh, a long direct ball. So it takes a lot of bravery. And if Aidan O'Shea is in there, he's going to need um, a lot of men around him so that it's not just a long, hopeless ball in to somebody that's that's surrounded by three players. But Joe, Joe, Joe's bang on there with regards to the support there. But... You know, if any team's going to do it, it's going to be a brave Mayo team or this Kerry team that seem to be able to uh, punch with with Dublin. The big deciding factor, I think, any is in this game. Like Joe, we all seen how long Dublin hold on to the ball to work this score. They could be four or five minutes holding the ball. Do Mayo have to do something different? And maybe early on, try not to waste energy chasing after them when they do hold on to that ball. Well, you see, Dublin are, you know, some of the best matches that we've seen in the past, um, Lee Keegan's performances, you know, Killian O'Connor's performances, um, you know, even Andy Moore when he was playing, you know, you know, some of those performances, if had they have gotten over the line against Dublin, those guys, you know, would have been you know, I think even Andy Moore won one of the match in one of the All Ireland finals uh, on a losing team, which is pretty unheard of. Um, so it's it's not that that Mayo can't go toe to toe with Dublin. They absolutely can. It's in those critical minutes and moments when the games in the melting pot in the last couple of minutes where decisions have to be made, ball has to be given away, and Dublin have always been able to make the right decisions. And even when they haven't. They've always got away with it. Mayo haven't made the right decisions and haven't got away with it. And, uh, you know, perfect. and they've, they've been punished. Sorry. Perfect example that Donny Vaughan, you know, moment of madness, 24. Like, that was the losing of the game, you know, and that, as you were saying, they're the decisions, they're, they're free at the right time. Because Mayo, I think, are the, the only team who can match Dublin for fitness levels. And they always have been over the last six, seven years. They've never, Dublin have never outran Mayo. They've only lost by a point or two in every final. Um, and, and it's just literally making the right decision, taking that goal opportunity. You know, it's it's just <laughs> two own goals in all our points. You know, oh, listen, it's, we could, we when Mayo go and look at their video analysis after, 
the championship and, and when the you know when you start any new year as a county team you look at the last game like Horn or whether it be their last manager um uh, guy up in Donegal what do you call him Rochford Rochford yes sorry I forgot his name uh, Rochford or Horn or anybody else you could invariably pick out goals and points that Dublin got from your errors turnovers ball given away silly mistakes ball kicked in the keeper's hands and that's where football comes down to it comes down to bad decisions that are punished and I suppose Joe would be familiar with more coaching teams and being involved in teams I suppose I'm familiar with it these decisions all come down to and it's the game it is the game it's a, it's, it's a bit of a cliche but if you give away the ball you are punished at that higher level and the higher you go out the better teams will make you pay dearly and just Mayo have made bad decisions in the past and they've been very, very unlucky. Um, and yes, that word luck, you need a bit of luck on your side. And that's one of the unknown unknowns, as <laughs> as, uh, as as they say. And, uh, you, know, you know, one day it will go for them um, and Dublin will be beat and they will beat Dublin. Well, that's going to be this weekend. It is difficult to know, but surely, you know, if there is a time to get Dublin, it is now. And, you know, Mayo again aren't lucky with, with missing out and Killian O'Connor for the season. Um, but again, you know, in a perverse way, that could help um, catapult Mayo forwards into stepping up a wee bit more. Um, and they've got here deservedly so. So, you know, who knows? Wouldn't it be ironic that Killian O'Connor actually misses the, this the one season that they do meet, meet and play Dublin uh, or, or, or beat them on Crook Park? So, uh, it's not, uh, yeah, it's it's but one of them type of things that could happen to also a pair of his guys. As long as Mayo don't beat Dublin, then get bet by Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> That's something perverse that would happen, all right. <laughs> Joe, you seen at the end of that Dublin Mead game, Dublin really holding on to the ball um, and working that score. Do you think for Mayo maybe to consume energy this weekend and try not to maybe have? Ryan O'Donoghue and Tommy Conroy chasing after them, passing it, passing them players on to, I suppose the McLaughlins because they, Kevin and Owen, like they're going to be running up and down that field and just for the in, in even the inside line to try and consume that bit of energy. Um, possibly the only the only thing with Dublin when they start keeping the ball is usually towards the end of the game. So it's if Mayor is still in it and the pressure's on with sort of ten minutes to go. Dublin aren't going to be holding on to that ball over and back, over and back. So what Mayo essentially have to do is get in front. They have to put the pressure onto Dublin from the outset and have Dublin chase them then because Dublin aren't going to go over and back, over and back, keeping that ball when you're a point or two down with 10 or 15 minutes to go. So you've got to, you've got to force Dublin's hand. You've got to make the right decisions. You've got to get the scores at the right time. And you've just got to go full steam ahead with them at the minute, in the first 15 minutes. If they can go in... Take it the first, the, the water break win at in, ahead of the water break win ahead at half time, and I think these are small little targets that Mayo will have to have um, to give them a chance to win the game. I, th I think that's massively important for them because if you go behind against Dublin and you're in Crow Park, they just get energy and they go further ahead. Next thing you're a point or two down, next thing seven points, and you're chasing the game. That's when Dublin can keep the ball over and back, breakthrough, and next thing you're having to push up and it creates the gaps in the, in your own defence. And then next thing Dublin are in for a couple of goals and next thing it's 15 points and 
it's as easy as that for Dublin. And it's you've just the problem is if if you allow Dublin to get ahead and, and, and sort of dictate the pace of the game, then invariably you've no hope of actually winning the game because they're so well, they do they do it so well. I think against we spoke about against the Kerry, the Lee game in, in uh, against Kerry, they kept the ball twice in the last ten minutes for three and a half four minutes, you know. So how how Kerry Kerry just got lucky <laughs> to draw that game, and uh, because Dublin I think were overconfident and were over back too much, but against lesser teams, against the, the likes of ourselves in, in the Leinster final, they were able to do it, frustrate ourselves against Kalera, they could do it pretty easily, and that that's what happens. And unfortunately. If Mayo, if Mayo don't put the pressure on them and get ahead of them, I think that's exactly what's going to happen again at the weekend. The, the, the other thing I've noticed about Dublin is, yes, in the past, you would say that obviously their fitness levels and their, they get stronger as the game is wore on. Um, and it's probably something that we haven't seen this year, that even even in the league teams were kind of, even with Kerry, that particular game in Clarny, where Dublin probably looked at, at one of their best performances all year was that particular game. Uh, and obviously they got a lot of goals in it and they worked a lot of goals but Kerry were coming back Meath coming back Kildare sort of made a mini comeback um, you know uh, with Flynn scoring the goal so you know there there are arguments there to, to make that the fitness level mightn't be a massive issue the way it has been in the past where Mayo will be able to you know quietly be confident that they'll be able to go toe-to-toe with them. Do you know what I mean? As regards to maybe holding something back in preparation for this big kind of surge that Dublin will hit them with that mm-hmm. may or may not have, it may or may not come. Do you know what I mean, Paul? So, you know, there, there could be an argument there, there could be an argument there that, that Mayo really, that shouldn't worry hugely about that divide in fitness and that power because Dublin to date this year haven't blown teams away with with that with that particular attribute as opposed to in the past where they've completely bombarded and blown teams away. But you know, I, I you know, for me, it's 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 definitely going to come down to the decision making and whether they the Mayo can be efficient with the shots to shots to scores ratio. You know that is that is the big one. Um, you know, and not kicking silly wides. Yes, thanks. Matthew Ryan and Brian Fenton to go toe-to-toe this weekend. Or do you think both sets of management won't want them to mark each other and let them play their own game? I think you've seen them going toe-to-toe. I think uh, Rowan, you know, will, will relish maybe the challenge of going toe-to-toe with Fenton. Uh, Brian Fenton, you know, maybe he would look at it himself and say, right, uh, maybe not dominating games the way I have been. Um, but I think you know, such as his nature, such as the player that he is, such as his experience, such as his athleticism, he'll have a big game in him. There's no doubt about that, and he'll back himself. But Duran certainly, you know, won't be won't be afraid of the challenge. Um, people will expect Brian Fenton to kick in and, and dominate a game. So really, what does Duran have to lose? All he can do is go out there and, and do his job. Um, and see what that brings him. Um, and again, if if I were him, I would really relish the challenge of of sticking it to you know arguably one of the best modern midfielders of, of this era. Why, why wouldn't he relish the challenge of of taking somebody like that down? So, you know, I I think it's 
you flip it from a negative to a positive. Um, and I think there's a great opportunity there, you know, given maybe Brian isn't operating at, at, at full tilt, uh, I think there's a great opportunity there for, for Mayo to really dominate that middle and then use it as a platform to, to you know, build the lead on Dublin or to certainly stay within the, within the touching pace of them. Your Dublin up front as well, it is going to be fascinating what's it forwards start this weekend. Maybe they haven't been as efficient as other years, but often we're seeing with the top teams, they're finishing with six stronger forwards than they're starting with. Um, do you think maybe Paddy Small might be held in reserve this weekend? Possibly, yeah. Uh, I think Small has has done well. Um, uh, I think uh, Small has done well um, in the games that he's played. He's certainly, um, you know, he's certainly shown the huge potential that we all knew he had. Has he done enough to nail down a Con O'Callaghan like like a jersey where where Con is just um um where Con you know Con is Con he's he's guaranteed starter and even when he's off form he's still worth per- persevering with. Um he, he's not there yet, but when you look at the likes of the game changers in the past, Monions has come in uh, Kevin McMenamin's come in guys like that Dublin you know there's an argument there that Dublin don't have the same type of bench same type of forwards and the same calibre forwards that come in that can take take Dublin over the line so certainly you know when you look at their their starting six they're still magnificent brilliant all stars no doubt about that they're fantastic footballers you're talking about Scully you're talking about Kilkenny you're talking about Conor Callan Dean Rock you know, those guys are all still huge players for Dublin and very, very important players for Dublin. But I go back to what Joe was saying around Dean Rock not being happy with being sub. You know, what player is happy coming off the field, even if he's six or seven points? He, he, nobody's happy really coming off. And yes, it might be for the best of the team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but listen, we all have those moments when we just want to stay on the field and get more scores and that's what finishers like Dean Rock do, you know, but they still have a brilliant forward line there, uh, capable of wreaking havoc on this Mayo back line, there's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, they're not moving as slickly as they have before, put it that way. And, uh, you know, when you look at Mayo, you've got Ocean Mullen, you've got um, some of the most superb defenders that are, that are, that are going to be key to, I suppose, you know, ensuring that the, that, that Mayo don't get a, or Dublin don't get a big run on them and get a big lead. And even the form Coyne Costello has been in this year, he's really nailing down. Um, That's right. A spot. Mayo corner still have to be weary of this 10 minutes when Dublin come, hit that purple patch. Especially looking back at last year, they'd be disappointed with the two goals they gave away, I suppose. A key for Mayo here is not diving in unnecessarily when there's no need uh, in defence. Yeah, well, um, I suppose, you know, all all of um, all of the game-winning moments uh, that Dublin Mayo in the past, it's always come down to those few mistakes, those few decisions that have cost them the game in the end. Um, and obviously, Dublin have always been at the good end of those decisions. They made the right decisions in the right moment at the right time. 
and Mayo haven't, and that's what made Dublin champions. Now, Mayo eventually will have to learn either we make the right decisions in the right moments or we mitigate these by being, you know, by just being a wee bit smarter. Um, and, you know, I think the fact that it is in the semi-final of an All-Ireland might uh, be, you know, less pressure nearly on this Mayo team to deliver. They've always nearly, in, in the recent past, been playing Dublin in an All-Ireland final. The fact that this is a semi-final um, might work in their favour, might work in Mayo's favour. And listen, they'll see it as their All-Ireland final. But again, you would have to say that there's a Kerry and Tyrone team, particularly Kerry, you would think his favourites that are waiting in the wings for either winners. And uh, But I think that lack of pressure of it being a final might work in Mayo's favour. Um, and given where Dublin are in form-wise, you know, you never know. And I presume as well, John Small came in for 40 minutes, he's definitely going to start and try and upset one of the Mayo forwards, but... You would think so, yeah. <laughs> and Martin, I would say yeah. Martin's going to come in and he's going to, I would say, he's get to that stage where, you know, he's an experienced defender now at this stage. He knows what it's like playing in that atmosphere. He needs to... He, you know, he probably will start, and I think you'll see far Daisy Ford reverting back to type, reverting back to those men that he knows will will deliver on the day, and certainly those those players will be will be um will be key. And it's just really shown in recent weeks as well how key Owen Merchant is from that transition from a defence to attack for Dublin. Oh, huge. And, you know, the thing about Martin is uh, with, with the physicality of the game, uh, with the way it is now, you know, uh, you know, size used to be a barrier. It's now an asset. And the fact that he's so mobile, he's so quick, he can, he can get out of tight squeezes so, so, so well. Um, he's so good on the ball. Um, and there is, there is a, uh, I would say there's a caution when going to tackle him because invariably you could be putting your arse very quickly in a burst and you could also give away a free within the scoreable range when he is reading from from the back line. So um you would you would have to say that that he, he is key and as I said when when they took him in at half time in the Kidder match they were obviously worried that they weren't they weren't making those uh, reading runs that provide so much support to guys on the loop. Um and, and I worked uh, worked a treat because Dublin went and kicked on from there. And is it just Dublin to scrape it this weekend for you, Danny? I think th- I think you would have to say you would have to give Don. You know, any time we sort of we've said, oh, the team has a chance and stuff. Dublin have always answered it, and I think I think you you would be silly and unfair, probably unfair to Dublin. Dare I say it, unfair to Dublin, but unfair if you didn't back them because. They are all Iron Champions for a reason. These players have question marks, have always been questioned and could have been somebody else's year from a new perspective. You would have to say still Dublin's a win. The absence of Kelly O'Connor for me is massive and the fact that um, that he's not there and he's injured and he won't play any part, I just think that's a big blow to Mayo at this stage. Uh, I think they can get away with it up until now, but I think the fact that he is missing um, probably takes a wee bit away from from how well Mayo will finish. Just briefly, um, Danny, obviously a lot of negativity around down football um, this year, but with your under-20s, you've had some hope coming. Um, obviously, came up short in the All-Ireland semi-final, but yeah. 
I seen you did write a column about Conor Laverty for the Irish News. Do you think he is the man to take down over? I think Conor Laverty is going to be a down manager. Um, I think Conor Laverty is definitely going to be a down manager uh, within the next four, three, four years. Um, I think at this stage it's a bit early because one, he's building his own management uh, experience. He's building his own team there. He's got a good team along with him. I think those players that uh, you know won an Ulster title, um, I think that it'll take time for them to be integrated into a senior squad. Um, I think, you know, if, if I was Conor Laverty, would I take it? Uh, and I was no. And Conor Laverty's a smart enough guy. And the reason why I'd say no at this time is if you if you want if he wanted the senior job, he probably would get it if he wanted it. The reason why I wouldn't do it is if if he goes into the job, right, and he's only out of the under-20s and successful Ulster campaign, if he goes into the senior team, he'll get his three years there. It might take more than three years now to build on that under-20 team and the players that are coming after it. There's no point in saying that we have a ready-made team that we can put our hand on and say, yes, these are potential Ulster champions here because we don't. So it's going to take a number of years to build something. If you appoint Connor now and you get three years, what do you do after those three years? Do you appoint another three years? So that's six years as the one manager, the one voice, all that kind of stuff. In senior management, I feel that is a three to four year window or five year window at a very maximum. That's if you're successful. That's if you're Jim Galvin. Down or in that space. So for me, it's about building over the long term, three to six to nine years. And for me, Lavery, Connor Lavery, if he wants to be there for that sort of tenure, to to you know have an improvement in down to win an Ulster title, to win a potential All Ireland, it's gonna you're gonna have to look over the space of ten years for us. For me, looking in, um, so how do you get the most out of that time? And that is by not accepting the job now, you know. You know, somebody takes the job now with a view to appointing, I suppose, Lavery in three or four years down the line or whatever that is. You know, when when the teams that he's looking after now have time to progress and be integrated into a senior, uh, senior inter-county uh, uh, team that's capable of obviously competing for an Ulster title. So uh, that that's why that that was my rationale for saying he will be a, a future down manager. But I just think that is, now isn't the time. And I think if he's too smart, he would probably understand that as well, you know. But listen, you know, he's done phenomenally well. And, and certainly after such a, a a tough couple of months, such a beating that we took in, in against Donegal and not knowing where we are from a senior in the county perspective, it's definitely shined a bit of light on, on that under-20 campaign. Certainly was very welcome here. And with the imbalance we've seen in the senior inter-county championship in the last few years, it's fantastic to see Offaly and Roscommon battling it out this week for the under-20 oh, All-Ireland. Magic. And you would have to give uh, Roscommon, yeah, certainly the future is very, very bright there. And they'll be looking to uh, they'll be looking to progress a lot of those guys very quickly into a senior inter-county team, uh, as well Offaly. Um, you've seen how well... You know, that was received even in Leinster. And it's fantastic for football that those teams are starting to, uh, starting to you know, win their way through to provincial uh, and all-Ireland titles. 
So listen, it can only be good. But as we've seen, we've seen from Calvin. Calvin won a number of under twenty one titles a number of years ago, um, and the fruition to senior titles or an Ulster title probably took ten years, eight to ten years. So it's this is certainly isn't while it's welcome in all those counties, it's not a, a given God given uh, uh, route to senior success. There's a lot of other things that need to happen uh, structurally, developmentally, and everything else to. Uh, to get a team to where Dublin and Kerry and, and Mayo are at this moment in time, but certainly very, very welcome and certainly very positive for football. Absolutely. That's all on um, our football show today. Um, Danny Hughes, thanks a million for your time. Thank you, Paul.